I'm grateful to uh, be back as well in our sermon series. It's this little G word. Come on, y'all know it. It's the word grow, grow, right? It's the word grow. And uh, we're growing together as a church family, one step at a time. So three weeks ago, we launched our eight-year birthday. And every time we have a birthday, come on, uh, we just pray and believe for a theme. And the theme for this season is the word grow. So that's why we keep saying, let's grow. Come on. We're growing together. And here's been the thought. The thought is that if you grow, we'll grow, right? If everybody in this room and everybody that's on a device online right now says, I'm taking responsibility for my growth, because I've learned that we're all pretty good experts in other people's growth. Like we know, we, we really know where our, where our spouse needs to grow, but we don't really talk about our growth. We know where our kids need to grow. We know where our parents need to grow. We, we, know, we know growth, but I'm saying today, if you could say, no, no, I'm going to grow. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody else does, I'm not going to stay the same. If you take that responsibility, the whole church will grow. We'll be growing together. We'll be reaching our city together. We'll be leveling up in growth. The definition for grow that we've been using, we've been using these two. Uh, the first one means to become larger or greater over time. Why do I say that? It's because growth happens in, oftentimes slowly, yeah. right? So we even give grace in growth because it's happening over a period of time. Nobody just randomly becomes the person you are today. It's taken a lot of watering, amen? Right. The seeds take watering. The, every time you step into this place, it's an opportunity to grow. I love this second definition, to spring up and to develop into maturity, to spring up and to develop maturity. It's this idea that Jesus wants all of us to, to grow and to become more mature in different parts of our walk with him. The reality is that all of us have the same goal in mind when it comes to our calling. Here's what it is, to be conformed into the image of who? Of Christ, right? So, so all of the growth is working towards you becoming and looking and sounding more like him. And if today you're saying, hey, I've already reached full capacity of being Christ-like, then maybe you don't need to grow. But I haven't met that person yet, all right? I think all of us, praise God, we're not the person we were last year, but we're on this journey of growing yeah. into maturity in, in Christ. So I want to encourage us with that. We're using this, this word grow as an acronym. The G stands for grace. The R stands for repentance. The O, obedience. The W, wisdom. And all four of these, if you say, hey, look, I'm going to grow in grace, repentance, obedience, wisdom. Over time, man, that's going to be a full growth season. It's, there's so much more we can grow in, but it's nothing less than these as we journey throughout throughout this year. So we've been in the G. We've been in the grace. Come on, everybody say grace. grace. Come on, put it in the chat. Grace, grace, right? We're talking about grace and it's the grace that's found in the gospel. It's the grace that's found in Christ. Um, Jesus in John chapter one says that Moses brought the law. And then he says, but I'm bringing grace and truth. Jesus is the perfect ratio of truth and grace together in a person right? He's the fulfillment of the law of the OT, the Old Testament, right? And he brings us a new level of grace upon grace. We define the word grace with this definition, God's unmerited and everlasting favor given to us. 
What is biblical grace? Biblical grace starts with him, God. And then it's understanding that we can't earn it. We can't merit it. You cannot ever say, you can never say, I earned it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can never get to a place that says, you know what? I worked hard enough, so I deserve grace. If that's your understanding of grace, you need to, you need to put that, you need to drag that into the little recycle bin on the computer, psh, drag that in the trash and get a new definition of grace. God's unmerited, you can't earn it. But maybe you might think, well, how long is that gonna last? And praise God, his grace is everlasting, amen? His grace goes further than our sin. His grace carries on. His grace continues to meet us tomorrow and says, there's grace for you today. Amen. I'm so grateful for God's unmerited and everlasting grace who's found in the person of Jesus, right? His death is sufficient for our sin. His blood is sufficient to cover us. He really did rise from the grave and he has a whole lot of grace for us today. This grace is not just a concept. This grace is something that's given. It's given to us. He gives grace. And so what we're doing is we're growing in grace. I don't think we can ever fully graduate from grace. I think that you think you got it figured out and then you have a stumble and then you need more grace and you find more grace. He gives it, amen? Amen. I I sometimes will try and heavy on the word try to stay relevant and uh, we'll try to learn some new uh, words from our youth, all right? So we, we have middle and high school students here at Walk, and I try to just figure out, hey, what's the new thing people are saying so in case I hear it, I can contribute, okay? And I realize there's a new phrase in culture that uh, I wasn't up on game with, okay? So I'm gonna teach it to some of y'all old folks. Now I'm just playing. Uh, I just learned it myself. It's the phrase, it's giving, all right? It's giving. Some of you are like, that's so last year, right? But somebody said it's giving and I was like, hey, like, hey, real quick, just so I can know, like, what does that mean? And it's the idea that if somebody says it's giving, it's giving, like your outfit is giving. Well, maybe that means like it's, it's giving certain type of vibes. Like my outfit right now is giving Las Vegas Aces vibes because we're about to win a playoff game today. Come on. I'm excited about it. If you don't represent the team, then you need to repent. Um, and uh you know, maybe you're giving life. Maybe you're giving, man, you're giving encouragement. You're giving vibes. You're giving something with what you do, with how you act, with the, with, with the way you, your persona, the way you live, you're, you're giving, right? So I hope that I'm using it the right way. I'm still learning myself. Um, but my thought became for everybody who claims to be a disciple of Jesus, for everybody who claims to be a follower, a believer of Christ, we should be all giving something. All right. I'm going to give it to you in my title. Some of you may already know it, but I want to preach a message that I'm simply titling giving grace. When somebody is around you, they should be like, yo, it's giving, giving grace. Like when I see you, man, it's like, yo, you're just giving grace. And here's why. Because the same grace Jesus gave to you is the same grace Jesus gives through you. Catch it. Come on. It's going to hit you in the back. Maybe it'll hit you in about 10 seconds. 
the same grace Jesus gave to you. And you say, man, praise God for the amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Amen. Like we all can hopefully take hold of that and find gratitude. But the same grace, can I put it on the screen? Reality statement, the same grace Jesus gives to you is the same grace Jesus gives through you. And I wrote that down in my notes, but then I added a little second part. I had to add a little second part because I got convicted. And here's the second part. I'll put this up on the screen. If you let them. And then I put that little emoji like, "Ah!" uncomfortable moment. Walk church, hear me. People watching online, listen to me. Friends, hear me. The same grace Jesus has given to you is the same grace that Jesus will give through you if you let him. If you allow yourself to get out of the way, unzip yourself, let Jesus step in, zip back up and say, okay, what am I giving? I'm giving grace. I'm giving grace today. I'm giving grace to those in my life. I'm giving grace to my family. I'm giving grace to my friends. I'm giving but I'm not just giving style. I'm not just giving vibes. I'm not just get. I'm giving grace. And that people would come across somebody from Walk Church and be like, yo, it's giving. Giving grace. Because I believe there's grace in this place. Amen? Amen. And so today I want to talk about, uh, about how we can together as a church family give. We can give grace. Partly why I say that is because the first message in this series was very upward. It was vertical. What do I mean? Um, We're focusing on his grace to us up and down, right? Um, The grace that God has extended to us through his son. Praise God for it. And then last week, our youth director, Marco, gave uh, a great word on grace that we find in the book of Romans. Grace through justification by faith in Christ. Grace through sanctification. We keep growing in grace. And then grace through one day glorification in heaven will have the grace of God on our lives so much so that we'll have a new glorified body. And that's something to look forward to. But again, all of that is upward. Today, I want to go horizontal grace. I feel like I kind of say this every message, but it might be a little challenging, okay? Yeah. But we're up for it. Are we up for it? Yeah. Come on, this side of the room, help me. Are we up for it? All right, cool. All right, we're, we're in it together. If you let them, if you let them. First point of the message today, giving grace, giving grace with your words. Giving grace with your words. Um, our words matter. As much as we want to think differently, our words play a crucial role in our lives and what we give And so the Lord has some things to say about the words that we speak. Look at this verse of scripture with me in Ephesians 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, verse 29. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. Cool. Let's read it together. Ready, set, go. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Hold on a second. Pump that brake for a second. Like none? This verse calls us higher, doesn't it? This verse calls us to grow because Paul is saying, because of the grace you received in Ephesians 2, jump over to Ephesians 4. He says, that's to change the way that we speak. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, 
but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may, oh, here it is, give grace. Give grace. One more time. Give grace to those who hear that our speech should be building up and giving grace to those who are listening. Anybody else convicted yet or just me? I, you know what? I don't know if I would get a, a solid A or a B on this uh, grade right now. I think I can grow in this area. I want to be known for building, not tearing. I want to be a builder, not a destroyer. Like I would imagine in a, in a room this size, I don't know who's watching online. I don't know who's all in this room, but maybe if you did an inventory of your words and of yourself, are you a person who goes into a room and people go, oh no, this person's gonna tear people down? Or are you a person that walks into a room and people go, oh yes, this person's gonna build people up? Right. Choose the latter. Be a builder. Don't just be a taker, be a giver. Yeah. Say, so, you know what? Here's why I'm, what I'm gonna, hey, check this out. If you're the person who says, man, I, I went to church and nobody talked to me, I'm gonna say, how many people did you talk to? Take responsibility for your own growth. How many people did you build up today? How many fives, high fives did you give? How many people did you smile at? And then you'll say, okay, you know what? Here's what I'm doing. I'm building something. How are we going to build the culture where we're giving grace to those who hear? Well, we're going to build it by practicing it. And so I just want to encourage all of the children in the room, practice giving and speaking with grace to your parents or guardians. Amen? Amen. All right, good, solid. How about parents in the room? Practice giving grace as fits the occasion to your kids. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? Right? Oh, let me go ahead and go a little deeper. Husbands in the room, can I challenge you and encourage you to practice giving grace? with your speech to your wife. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, wives, y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. Wives, can, can you guys practice giving grace to your husbands for his glory? Let no corrupting talk. Come on, can I get an amen? amen. Right? If we're all taking responsibility for our growth in our speech, we're going to be speaking grace. We're going to be helping people without merit. Ever we're going to be taking the same grace Jesus has given to us, and we're going to say, Jesus, give it through me. Right. There's going to be moments where you're like, Yo, I can't do that in my own strength. And you're right. You can't. That's why there's so many verses that says, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> we're not strong in our own strength. We're strong in his. Be strong in the Lord and give grace to those who hear. I want to be a builder. Lord, help me to be a builder. I think if I'm not careful and disciplined, I can drift toward gossip. I can drift toward slander. I can drift toward shading, but I'm called to give grace. I can, come on, we can drift toward complaining with the best of them. Amen. If you're not guarded, if you're not careful, if you're not disciplined, 
And I'm telling you that alongside me, this is a message for Hayden. But we're all on this journey of giving. Notice what it says in Proverbs 18. Maybe you've seen this verse before, but it's always a good reminder. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruits. How powerful is your words and your tongue? Man, death and life, you could destroy somebody with your words or you can resurrect somebody with your words. We have the choice. What do we want to build? What do we want to bring? What do we want to help? What do we want to do? We want to give grace. Now, maybe you would say, okay, Pastor Hyden, I, I receive it. You're spending a lot of time on this topic. Um, how, how much do I have to speak graciously? How long do I have to speak graciously? When do I do gracious talk and not gracious talk? Look, look at one more verse. Somebody say one more. One more, one more. Colossians chapter four, verse six. Read this with me. Let your speech, oh man, I don't want to say that word. Can we just erase it and put sometimes? Nope. nope. Can we just like most times? How about only on Sundays? Come on. How about only like if you like give me a gift, right? Let your speech always be gracious. What a verse. Seasoned with salt. Interesting, right? What's Paul saying? He's saying that our speech should have some flavor to it. Come on, right? Our speech should have a little flavor to it. Sometimes I, I do this a little bit jokingly, so don't take it too serious, but just hear me. Like, sometimes I meet people and they'll be like, I'm just very direct. And I'm like, you can be direct, but be kind. <laughs> like, it's not bad to add an exclamation point to your text and a smiley face emoji. Put a little salt on it. Season it up a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm direct. I got it, but you also need some seasoning. You're a little dry. <laughs> Come on. I, I, I say that a little bit jokingly, but my, 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 my point is to say that are people receiving grace on the other side of your speech? Are people receiving grace on the other side of your text? Are people receiving grace on the other side of your words? Your conversations. It says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. In doing so, you'll know how you ought to answer each person. This is going to help you say, okay, with this person, they need a little extra grace. With this person, they need a little more directness. But either way, it's still going to be gracious. And what I'm not saying is that we run away from tension or correction. I think a casual read through the Proverbs says that we need to be calling each other out graciously. Come on, amen. amen. Right? In fact, I, I was talking with Nina a little bit about this, that, you know, we have an eight-year-old now. It's like, whoa. And there's been some moments recently where we had the opportunity to either be heavy on the discipline or in this moment, be heavy on the grace. And what we've been noticing is that we've, when we've been showing an extra seasoning of grace has actually, uh, has actually re-emphasized the lesson more than it did from the cor than, than correction. That there's something about grace 
that makes a person want to change. There's something about God's kindness and grace to us that makes us look at sin and say, you're less appealing now because of the grace that God has given to us. And so if we practice grace in our home, we practice grace in our church. Listen, if you go to church long enough, even this church long enough, somebody's gonna let you down. It might be me, it might be somebody in the row, it might be somebody at an earlier service. That's your moment to practice giving grace. At some point, you're gonna let somebody down and you're gonna be like, dang, well, I didn't know I was the savior. You're not. Your opportunity is to show grace, receive grace, give grace, receive. Does that, am I making sense? In doing so, here's what we do. We grow in grace. I'm not talking about a checklist or performance thing. All of that's handled at the cross. I'm just talking about because we have grace, let us give grace to those who hear. And again, let me just say one more time, I'm I am the last person that is against discipline. In fact, there's like a verse in the Proverbs that says, spank your kids, just don't put them to death. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, what is that verse? (laughs) Dang, Solomon, right? (laughs) That that got deep. But what I'm saying is, how can we we have the, the, the art of grace in it? That's just something we can grow in. And if the moment comes where you say, well, no, 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 Hayden, they have to earn it. Maybe you're talking about trust, but you can't be talking about grace. Because the moment you make somebody earn grace, you've lost grace. The moment you've made somebody perform for grace, you have now stripped the very definition of grace out of it. Grace is when you feel like, whoa, for me? Wow. Let me move into the second point. Not just speaking grace, but giving grace with your hands. Giving grace with your hands. Words are important and so are our actions. Look at this verse for me. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Here's how it reads. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This verse was messing me up this week. Let me go ahead and highlight a couple words. Serve, stewards, faithful, God's grace. Peter, the disciple who knew a lot about grace, amen? Like you done messed up a few times. Peter denied Jesus. He denied that he even knew Jesus three times before Christ went to the cross. He needed the grace of God. And that's why Peter writes a lot about the grace of God because he's a product of the grace of God, amen? As aren't we all. He says, now each of you, that means all of us, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to puff yourself up. You should, you should use the gift that you've received to show it off to everybody around. You should use the gift that you've received to gain followers and likes. No, you should u- use the gift. You should use the gift that you've been given to brag and boast on yourself. Are we reading the same thing? Listen, I know this is countercultural. And I know it's going to rub against our comfort a little bit. Praise God. Each of you should use the gift that you have received to serve others. 
So you give grace by serving. You give grace by helping. You give grace by being a difference maker and going out of your way to do it. Hey, don't, right or wrong, don't we live in an age where if somebody does something nice for you, you're kind of like waiting for like the ask. It's like if somebody like is serving, you're going out of their way to bless you. Don't you kind of think like, all right, when are you going to like hit me with the bait and switch? I know it's around the corner. What are you trying to sell me, dude? We're so programmed that way because that's a lot of culture. But what I want to show you here is that we should be serving and helping and building up, not so we can get something from someone, but because we've been given something by him. You know what that's called? Walk church, that's called stewarding grace. Let me define the word steward. The word steward by definition means to manage something you've been given. If you're saying, hey, I'm gonna, I've been given the, the task of stewardship, what's that mean? The things that God has given you, you're, steward, you're managing it. You're making sure that you did the right thing with it, to supervise arrangements, to keep in order, to, to manage or look after to manage the thing that God's given you. What's God given you? Come on, I'm asking you, what's God given you? Grace. grace. How are you doing stewarding his grace? First Peter 4 verse 10 says, if you're stewarding God's grace well, you'll be serving. You'll be helping. You'll be making a difference. I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer um, daily. Every day this week, I want you to pray this prayer. When, when, when you wake up or when you leave your house or when you're in the drive-through at the coffee shop or you're at a red light, I want you to pray this simple prayer. I'll put it up here on the screen. Lord, help me to steward your grace today. Lord, help me to steward your undeserved, everlasting gifts to me. So today, if you have a serving gift, if you have a grace gift, and can I just say you do, like some of you are super smart, some of you are super strong, some of you are very detailed and administrative, some of you are very spontaneous in your life, some of you are great with tech, some of you are great with kids, some of you are great with students, some of you are great with other things. Look at verse 1 Peter 4, 10, with one more time. Here's what it says. It says, each of you have been given a grace gift. You've been given a grace gift. Identify what your gift is. And if you don't know it, ask somebody close to you. Say, hey, what's my gifts? I guarantee some people will already will know it. They'll say, hey, this is where you're gifted. And then it's up to you. It's your responsibility to use your gift to serve as a steward of God's grace. Let me try to bring it down to the ground a little bit more. Um, God's grace is not just you being saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like praise God for salvation. Praise God for a ticket to heaven. Amen. Yeah. Like we experienced that in the gospel. Jesus paid for all of our sins. He rose from the grave. He has secured a spot in the Lamb's book of life with your name on it the moment you receive him by faith. That's grace. Praise God for that. But listen, tell them, tell them the grace is on the other line. All right? <laughs> but, but listen, but listen, 
it's, it's not just salvation he gives us. He also gives us gifts. The grace of God is not just that I'm saved and going to heaven. Now let me live my life now. The grace of God is, yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven someday and I'm on a mission right now. And I have an assignment right now. And God even gifted me with something right now to give grace. That is what we're growing in. Amen. I want to spur you on. And you say, hey, well, that might, that might not be comfortable. I don't know where that verse is. I don't know the growing grace comfortable verse, but sometimes it's going against your comfort that you grow. That's how you grow. So each of you should use whatever gift you've received and you should use it to, to serve. Well done, my good and faithful servant, right? I'm using the gifts. And sometimes I hear this. I hear people say, man, I just need to take a break from serving. And yeah, maybe there's moments where you need to do that. But don't let that thing turn into two years. Come on, right? Don't let that thing turn into two months where now you're like, hey, you know what? I'm a professional sitter. I can come to church with the best of them. I got my seat. I get my coffee. I'm as comfortable as they can be. And I'll complain if it's my comfort. Don't be like that. Don't be an American Christian. Be a biblical Christian. Right? It's not all about you. Brother, sister, it's not. I wouldn't have picked a planet church if I was looking for comfort. This is the hardest thing. But I want to use the grace given to me and the time that God has given to me to serve others for his glory. I want to work the grace. I don't want to just store up grace. I want to use the grace. And Jesus, give me some more tomorrow. And Lord, help me to steward all of it. I want to steward the grace. Amen. Well, well, hey, look, faithful stewards. That's what you got to ask. Am I a faithful steward of the grace given to me? That's what you got to ask. And this isn't a salvation question. This is just, am I growing in grace? Am I growing in grace? Let me move into the third and and final point. We talked about giving grace with your words. We talked about giving grace with your hands. I'm here to serve. The last one is giving grace with your heart. Um, Maybe the toughest one. Why do I say that? Um, I've just been, I've, I've been at this long enough to know that you can give grace with your words because you know the right thing to say. You can give grace with your hands because you know this is what I'm supposed to do and your heart might not be in it. And so maybe today you need to make it your prayer of faith and say, God, shock my heart again. Yeah. And use the grace shockers. Revive my heart, God. You know my heart. There's a moment where God speaks to Samuel and he says, right? Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So the Lord knows if your heart's in it or not. And sometimes your heart's not going to be in it. And that's okay, but don't stay there. Ask the Lord to do some heart surgery. If you need to come up to the altar, come up to the altar. If you need to talk with somebody, go deeper. I don't know what you need to do, but my prayer is for your heart. 
that you'll even give grace and you'll actually mean it. <laughs> you won't just speak grace, but you'd actually mean it. You would give somebody grace and really mean it. Why? Because Jesus really meant it when he gave it to you. And so the heart begins to transform and we begin to give grace and gratitude. This verse in 2 Corinthians 4 was speaking to me recently. It says, for it is all for your sake, Jesus, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Right? The more we give grace, the more we receive grace, the more we should be thankful and the more we should give him glory. So today, if you're in this room and you're lifting your hands in worship, you got a reason to. Today, if you come down to the front, man, that's okay. You got to, the more, the more grace we get, the more thankful we should be. The more grace that happens in people's lives, the more we should thank God for that. Now, last week, Marco had a point. He said, more sin, more grace, right? Romans 5 verse 20 says, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And I've realized we, we love to receive that um, when it comes to us, but it's hard for us to receive that when it comes to others. Somebody said, say it again. So you got to blame that person. <laughs> where, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Isn't that, isn't that so good? Isn't that cool right there? Like where our sin increased, God's grace abounded all the more. Now, how do you take that and how do you apply that with the people in your life? We're there. Listen to me, walk church. Listen to me, walk church. There's going to be people in the workplace. There's going to be people in your job. There's going to be people in your home and their sin is going to increase. Can your grace abound all the more? Right. It's good when it happens to us but I want to get you to catch this. It needs to happen through us. Listen to me, brother, sister, be a channel of God's grace. Be a, be a vehicle that God's grace can flow through. Say, Lord, today I want to be a channel of your grace to me, your grace through me, to me, through me. Lord, your grace right to me, I need it. Oh, I need it. And right through me because somebody else needs it too. The grace of God was coming to you just to go right through you yeah. to the people in your lives. And can I just tell you, I think you'll feel better. If you give more grace, you'll get more thankful. It will abound. I close with a quote from a, uh, a pastor named Rick Warren. He says it uh, like this. Grace isn't just God's part. It's our part. Grace requires you to forgive people who hurt you. It requires you to reach out and give people second chances. Amen. Some of you are here because you're giving the church a second chance. And I want to honor you for that. I think sometimes church hurt is some of the worst form of hurt because this is supposed to be a safe place for people to go and to grow in grace. Amen. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, be the change, Walk Church. Be the difference maker. When somebody comes up on you, they should be like, yo, it's giving grace. It's giving grace. This person's giving grace with their words, with their service, with their heart, 
and they don't even want nothing from me. They just want me to know him because he's the grace giver. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for this word today. God, if nobody else needed it, I did. God, help me to be a channel of grace. A conduit of grace. God, I don't want to just be a receiver of grace. Oh, Lord, I want to be a giver of the grace that you've given to me so kindly. Today, if you're here and you don't know this grace, I want to invite you to do this. To invite Jesus to save you. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't cost you your performance. It's not about what you did. It's about what he did. And right now you can receive him by faith. Just say, Lord, I need you. And I want you. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. And I thank you for grace. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways. Teach me your grace. And use me to serve others for your glory. Help me with my sins. I turn from those things. And I turn to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.